I'm really excited about what God's been doing and what he's been speaking to me. I'm, I hope you've been encouraged by the Grace Project on Sunday, and, and I hope you've been encountering the grace of God. It's so powerful. There could not be a better time to learn about the grace of God, but I wanted to switch it up on Wednesday nights and get into a Bible study. I know what you might be thinking, a Bible study, that doesn't sound exciting, but the Word of God is fire, y'all. It guides us. It leads us. And, and what I love is it also prepares us for the things that God wants to bring to us. I, I pray and, and it's my hope that during this time that our, our affinity, our love for the word of God will grow because I really believe that as you grow in your knowledge of who Jesus is through his word, you will be prepared for some awesome things that you are believing for. And I wanted to do a Bible study on Wednesday night, basically studying the life of certain people in the Bible, the life of maybe Moses down the line, Jesus, of course, David, uh, Daniel. There's so many different places we could go with these Wednesday night Bible studies, but I thought it would be fitting during a global pandemic to start with the life of Joseph. Why? Joseph had a dream. The dream was from God. And then all of a sudden, literally the next chapter, not only in the Bible, but in his life, he found himself in a pit. The next chapter, he found himself in slavery, in a prison. And that might seem to, to you and I watching it, we know how it ends, but it might have seemed to Joseph that it, that dream that he had was not going to come to pass. But actually those challenges, those trials were the catalyst for his dream uh, to happen in his life. And so I believe this trial that we're in right now, we need to study the life of Joseph. I want to share a quick message to you to, with you tonight. Wednesday nights is usually a little quicker. That's okay, but it's going to be powerful. The message I want to share with you tonight is called Promises and pit stops, promises and pit stops. That is good already. You know, we read about Joseph last week in Genesis 37, and it begins with Joseph having a dream. God declares to him how he's going to use him, what he's going to do in his life. And it's very clear right away that Joseph doesn't understand fully what the dream means. Um, he doesn't understand, but he communicates the dream to his brothers. And, and we kind of pick up on that. And his brothers got super jealous. We, if you weren't watching last week, please watch the, uh, the, the sermon on YouTube. You're going to want to catch up because we're just going to be going week to week through Joseph's life. It says brothers hate on him. Pops hated on him. Pops hooked him up with a super nice coat. Man, Gucci robe. It was fire. It was awesome. His brothers hated him. He said his brothers would bow to him. You get it. Da -da -da. I don't have to get in all that. And we're going to catch up from where we left off last week, where Joseph went to check on his brothers who were shepherding his father's sheep. And, and this is what his brothers uh, said. Genesis 37, verse 18. We're going to pick up on week two where it says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns, the pit. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Not only did they have an issue with Joseph, they had an issue with Joseph's dream. And I find it interesting that they never really argued whether or not the dream was from God. So many times people don't like another person's dream, not because they don't think the dream is from God, but that the dream is from God and they don't like their role in that dream. And since they don't like their role in that dream, they don't like the dream. We talk about dreams a lot. And I know last week I brought up the dreams for your life. 
But honestly, I want to be careful when I say the dreams because we all have dreams. But some of y'all's dreams, come on, can we do a quick dream check real quick? I'm, I'm going to check somebody's dreams. Some of y'all's dreams are all about you. Some of y'all's dreams, you actually have a dream in, in your life. But really, if we're honest, it's about you. You know, like I've had those kind of dreams. And Joseph's brothers didn't like his dream, not because the dream wasn't from God. They didn't like their role in the dream. I want to tell you this, that God doesn't have a singular dream for your life. God may have multiple dreams for your life. And this is how amazing and awesome God is. He's a mastermind in putting dreams together. So what he'll do is he'll take your dream and my dream and someone else's dream you've never met before and connect it all to bring a God dream in the nation and in the earth. What am I saying to you? If you can only see how your dream affects you and affects your immediate family, you may be thinking too small. Matter of fact, if your dream can be fully accomplished in your generation, it might be too small. Your dream that God has given you should be so huge. It would take multiple generations. Your kids should still be able to carry the legacy of your dream. That's how big and significant God dreams are. What am I saying? Do I want you to have a dream? Absolutely. Does God want you to have a dream? Yes. But don't reject the dream because you don't like your role in the dream. God has the right to put you in whatever role he wants in the God dream for his kingdom. And so Joseph's didn't, Joseph's brothers didn't like their role. So therefore they didn't like the dream. And I always find it interesting that God told Joseph the dream in Genesis 37. And by the end of that chapter, Joseph went from dreaming to being in a pit and his life being at risk. And, and I realized this about God, why he tells us dreams early. Somebody out there, God spoke the dream to you early and you got to be patient. And I want you to write this down. Sometimes will God, sometimes God will tell you the end in the beginning so you will be motivated and determined to make it through the middle. I'm going to say that again because that was so fire. Sometimes God will tell you the end. He'll tell you how the dream is going to end and he'll tell you the end in the beginning so that you will be motivated and determined to make it through the middle. What am I saying? Sometimes God pulls you aside like Abraham and he tells you to look outside, look at the stars, as many as the stars as you can count, so your descendants will be. Sometimes he'll give you a dream about influence. Sometimes he'll give you a dream about favor or family and he'll show you the dream in the beginning because he knows the middle is coming, your pit season, the seasons you're going to have to overcome, the seasons that you're going to have to rise out of the ashes of your circumstances. He shows you the dream in the beginning so you'll be determined in the middle because you have been prophesied the end. God will show you the end in the beginning so you have the strength, the motivation, and the determination to make it through the middle. I love this about God. He says he's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, but he never says he's the middle. I really believe that God says he's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end because he uses humanity to fulfill his purpose in the middle. And a COVID-19 global pandemic is a middle season. This is why God says I'm the beginning and I'm the end. Don't be too stressed out at what happens in the middle because it starts with God and it 
ends with God. I am preaching. My kids are in the, uh, the bedroom playing with trains and I'm preaching. Hopefully they don't come out here because they're going to get a word too. Come on now. Sometimes like a little boy's train, you just got to go around the track a couple of times. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm feeling that didn't make no sense. I just tried to make it work and couldn't. It's cool. Sometimes God will tell you the end in the beginning. So you'll be motivated and determined to make it through the middle. Anybody in a middle season put in the comments. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. God is the beginning and the end. We, we have to learn to be determined and motivated in the middle. The Bible says they threw him in the pit right after he had given, been given a dream by God. And then he had a little sketchy brother named Reuben because Reuben didn't come out boldly and be like, hey, hey, Joseph, I got you. It's cool. I'll rescue you. Reuben must have been scared of his brothers because it says when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Starting off good. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return to his father. This was a terrible plan because Reuben would go off with his brothers hoping to come back and rescue Joseph. But by that point, Joseph would have been sold into slavery. So verse 23 says, so when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern, the pit. This pit was empty. There was no water in it. And then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum. Come on, double mint. They had some double mint, some bombs, some chapstick. People's lips was all ashy and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Verse 26 says, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime instead of hurting him. Let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. I want you to catch that. Let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our family, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were the Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the pit, the cistern, and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. This is important because Joseph had a dream, and now he's in a pit. And I know sometimes we have a dream and then we end up in a pit. I don't know what your pit is. Your pit could be your emotions, your depression. Your pit could be that you lost your job. I don't know what your pit could be. We all have our, our pit seasons, if you will. But I have found this to be true about crisis. Crisis is often an accelerant to hopes and dreams coming to, to pass. Crisis is often an accelerant to hopes and dreams coming to pass. God uses the hard things to prepare us for the good things. And I have found that seasons that I think were terrible, blessing is right around the corner. This is really important. You understand how God works in ways that you cannot see. I want to go back to uh, another one of Joseph's relatives. Obviously, his brothers were not great. His relatives, his family sold him into slavery. But I want to give you another relative of Joseph that you may not be aware of right away. Joseph's father was a man by the name of Jacob. Jacob's father was a man by the name of Isaac. And Isaac's father was a man by the name of Abraham. 
Maybe you've heard the story of Abraham. Abraham would be the one where God did take outside the tent, gave Abraham a dream, told him he would have descendants. Matter of fact, God even warned Abraham that some stuff would go down with his descendants in in Egypt and that God promised Abraham he would have a son. And he said that his descendants would be as many as the stars in the sky. And so if you know the story of Abraham, you know that his wife was old. Abraham was old. The Bible tells us Abraham was nearly a hundred before he had this son, Isaac. But if you don't know the story before he had the son of promise, Isaac, who would be Jacob's dad, who would be Joseph's dad, Abraham made a mistake. Abraham slept with a servant, a slave from Egypt that was working for him by the name of Hagar. And that son, Abraham named Ishmael. Now Ishmael was not the son of promise, Isaac was. But I want you to catch this. Remember I told you that Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had a son named Joseph, whose brothers sold him into slavery. But who did they sell him to? They sold him to Ishmaelites. What am I saying? Abraham slept with someone from Egypt, a woman named Hagar, and she had a son named Ishmael. And later it would be the Ishmaelites who would be rescuing Joseph out of the pit and taking him to Egypt, the place he was called to. What am I telling you, Oasis Church? Joseph was sold by family to family he didn't even know about. Why is this important? Because God had raised Joseph up to deliver the people of Egypt and the the people of Israel. And God was working it all together. What Joseph didn't have any idea is that God was using a mistake his great, great grandpa made to rescue him and move him towards his purpose. You think God isn't using your mistakes to get you towards your purpose? God used Abraham's mistake. An Ishmaelite picked Joseph up and carried Joseph into Egypt, and it would be Egypt would be the place where the dream would be fulfilled. And God used his great great grandpa's mistake to fulfill the purpose on Joseph's life. What a God! I gotta let y'all sit in that. Did you hear what I just said? Joseph is chilling in a pit, Gucci robe is long gone, and he is believing maybe that God is not for him. Not only is God for him, but God was for his great, great grand. I'm going to use your mistake, Abraham, to rescue your great grandson. What a powerful revelation. It was these Ishmaelites that brought Joseph to the place where Joseph would be given dominion. Why did God do this with Joseph? Because he had promised Abraham he would bless his descendants. And we got to be careful in pit seasons that we don't spend too much time reminding God of our condition, instead reminding ourselves of God's covenant. God made a promise. A covenant is a promise. A pit is a condition. Don't spend all your time reminding God of your condition and not enough time reminding yourself of his covenant, his promises over your life. This is so important. God used Joseph mightily. The pit was the catalyst for the promise. It wasn't just a detour. It was the vehicle to get Joseph into Egypt because we're going to learn later Egypt would be the place when the famine hit God's people. Joseph was over all of the wealth in Egypt and able to bless his family in their time 
of need. Psalm 105 says this about the Lord and Joseph. Psalm 105 verse 16, verse 16 through 22 says, God called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Wait a minute. He sent, God sent Joseph. I thought Joseph was sold. I thought his family sold him out. See, you might think you've been sold out, but you've been sent out into your purpose. God will actually use your enemies to get you to where he has for you. He will use your hate. He will use the people who don't like you to get you to where God has for you. He said the, he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They, they bruised his feet with fetters. I don't even know what a fetter is, but whatever, whatever a fetter is, it bruises your feet. He says they bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested Joseph's character. You guys, until the time came to fulfill Joseph's dreams, the Lord tested his character. I want you to write this down. You need to be built for what you are born for. You need to be built for what you are born for. What do I mean? You may be born to be a creative. You may be born to be a leader. You may be born to be a husband. You may be born to be a wife. You may be born to bring hope to the nations. You may be born to preach, but God takes you to through pit seasons to build you for what you are born for. And God will test your character, send you through pit seasons so that you can be built up in your character to prepare you for what you were born for in your birth. This is so important. It's the things that you go through that prepare you for what he has for you. He wants to build your character. He wants to test your character. I think this is wildly important that we understand that verse 19 says, until the time came to fill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened up his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions and he could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and teach the king's advisors. Here's what I want to submit to you tonight. Midweek service, listen to me. Psalms 8 verses 5 through 6 is a beautiful verse. It says that God um, has made us a little lower than the angels, meaning there's the angels of heaven. God's angels armies are, are um, throughout the earth and in heaven worshiping the Lord. And it says that he made you and I, humanity, a little lower than the angels. And it says that he's, he crowned us with glory and he gives us dominion over the things his hands have made. What am I saying to you? Joseph was given dominion over what God created. And I know some of us, you've been working really hard this last season and maybe you lost your job right about the time where you, it really seems God was blessing the work of your hands. But this is what I'm submitting to you. 
even more of a blessing than God blessing your physical work, the thing you strive to accomplish. You want to really be fruitful in your life. You want to really be successful in a kingdom way with a kingdom mindset. You want God to give you dominion over what he created. Maybe the reason that you can't work, that you can't strive, that you can't step outside of your house right now is not because God doesn't want to bless the work of your hands. He wants to take your blessing to the next level and it is in the home where he wants to build your character so that he can give you dominion over what he created. Think about that for a second. Would you rather strive and work all of your life and be blessed or would you rather be so trustworthy, so humble, so faithful that God would create something and put you in charge of it? I know this pit has been challenging, but please write this down before we pray. You can often tell the size of your promise by the severity of your pit stop. Why is this sermon called Pit Stops and Promises? Well, because all promises contain pit stops. I wish I could tell you that, you know, God's going to speak over your life and everything's going to be really cool and awesome. Have you ever heard a scene in a documentary about a really successful person? And and when the question comes up about their background and how they grew up, that person never says, well, yeah, I just just raised in a four bedroom house and everything was perfect. My mom was there. My dad was there. You know, everything was great. No mistakes, no challenges. And here I am. I'm the president. No, it doesn't work that way or I'm I'm a, a famous actor or I'm this it doesn't happen or I'm the mayor these people went through incredible trials to get where they were at and I want to encourage you that I can tell the size of your promise by the severity of your pit stop the bible actually tells us that these sufferings we experience now won't be able to compare to the glory that will be revealed later one day I'm going to preach a message called now and later what you're going through now is not compared to what you will be blessed with later. This is the reason for the pit stop, because it actually prepares us for the promise. Father in heaven, I thank you for sending Jesus. I sense right now in my spirit that so many people are on one of these God-ordained pit stops, a moment that we may be tempted with unbelief, a moment that we may be tempted with fear, but this is a God-ordained pit stop, and the enemy wants us to feel like it's lost, but it's gain. Your spirit is moving, building the character so that they can be built for what they're born for, and God, I really believe right now, just like Joseph, he had no idea. His brothers, his family threw him in the pit, and his family sold him to family he didn't even know about, and then yet every last one of those family members was blessed by the authority and the dominion that you gave Joseph in Egypt. So God, would you prepare our hearts, build our character. Maybe we're believing for something that's too small, so we think we're ready for it. But God, we, we, know, we know you don't need our permission, but we, we give you permission, humility to use the pits to prepare us for the promise. We believe you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.